0: Uh embrace your oddness, cause the odds are, you will be the odd man out. Welcome to episode 63 of the Off and Beat Podcast. I'm your host Clint, and I look like I elbow walls out of frustration, because I did. Didn't put a hole in it, man. scraped up, scraped up like a little kitty coming out of your bathroom at 5.30 a.m. When you're just trying to brush your teeth because you woke up early to train, go for a run before the bus comes, and you feel like you got ran over by one. Sometimes that's how the bus tumbles, kind of like a tumble bus. Except, I don't think anyone ever knows what actually goes inside of one of those tumble buses. Like, what actually goes on in there? Is it birthday parties? Is it a disguised, uh, like a party bus with the strippers and the champagne, the cocaine, the uh, the glory holes? Talk about tumbling into something you're not ready to sit on. Imagine just sitting sitting on one of the side boots, kind of like one you would see in the hangover. And when you sit, it is not as cushiony as you would like. But you know what? Sometimes in life, when you fall on a whoopee cushion, you shit the pants. You shart. Whoopi cushions are a. uh, They is. Whoopi cushions are like a literary device where you can see the view, kind of like Whoopi Goldberg. It brings sanity, it brings you back down to earth. It makes the show bearable. But no matter how bearable you are, sometimes you're the bearer of all jokes to your surroundings. People look at you, and if they were to see you cross the Colombian gravel road, they wouldn't stop for you. They would pull out their shoddy and uh, shoot you right in the ass and have you walking and just crumbling across the woods until you die out three miles later. you probably film left for dead. Like the video game. Except, Elisa, you respawn and you can restart. When you're left for dead in the woods, you are left for dead in the woods. Speaking of shoulda, coulda, woulda, would you put cream on your pillow without a pillowcase and then lay your face on it? How would you clean it up? Would it make you irritated? Would it be like if uh, a mosquito Stings you in the arm You just become agitated Kind of like when you lay you Come home from a long day at work Long day at the gym Come home you just want to lay in your bed Next thing you know Someone puts some anti-itching cream But see here's the thing about anti-itching cream If you're not itching It does a double negative. When you're not itching, anti-itching cream, what's it going to make you do? Itch. It's like that type of itch where... I had those type of itches where you probably wear your underwear two days straight. Two days straight. And the inside of your seam just out of nowhere. You'll be driving, it'll be 2.45 in the afternoon. You pass a racetrack for some reason... The inside of your ass just starts itching. But you're driving. So you gotta be very careful. You don't wanna elbow. You don't wanna elbow the stick. And uh, you go in reverse. Cause man. um, You can't reverse shit. Ironically. And just ever had that type of itch. Where it's just so deep in there. Where you question. If I put my finger really deep in here, Am I questionable? Cause if a doctor does it. Its for medical, but if you do it yourself, is it questionable? Does it make you by default a little curious? Because your excuse is you're just trying to really get deep in there and itch it. But what if you dig deep and it feels not bad? You know you could say you're touching the surface. Maybe you could say it's so agitating you have to do something. All right. Well, if it's, consider pleasuring yourself if you use your fingers to get an itch out. Maybe you use other objects. Oh, wait. That makes you even more questionable. If you use other objects, it's almost like, hmm, what other objects would you not put in there? Or if it's just your finger, you could say incidental contact. It's like if a girl's back there and, you know, she's uh, just rubbing the right cheek, you know, for massage purposes, of course. And she accidentally, you know, breaks one of her fingernails and gets up your seams and she puts her finger up in there. For some reason, it's in your hole and you take the acrylic nails out. You know? Does that... Does that make it where... You know, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do and they understand the situation. What had to be done had to be done. But what if you're like, break another fingernail? And... Maybe i will accidentally fall in there. Maybe, you know what, break all your fingernails. And I want you to, like, do, like, one of those claw things at a Mexican restaurant where he gets one of those uh, teddy bears. I went to a lot of weird Mexican restaurants to make that reference. Could use, like, any fucking restaurant or a Chuck E. Cheese or wherever the fuck where they have those claws. Could have went to a bowling alley. Got a Pegasus. But back to the scenario. Does it make you questionable? Probably even talking about the topic is going to raise a few eyebrows. But what I would say is, I think it just, uh, I think it doesn't make you curious, but I think it's fair to say it can make you wonder. Is it wrong to think that it may feel decent? Because people say you have to get your prostate exam. People say your G-spot's in your asshole. You know what? And people say G-spot, the feeling of someone really uh, attacking that G-spot. No better feeling in the world. But you know what I say? It's like uh, all these videos, all these red pill and blue pill stuff. Men are not designed to be ever happy. So you know what? I'm going to take the word and say I'm never going to reach my peak happiness. So, if I never find my G-spot, more than fine with me. You want to touch my gooch? Go the fuck ahead. Just make sure you smooch over. But, you know what? Maybe we aren't designed, especially as men in this world, to ever feel our peak happiness. You know, typically, typically in most situations, women will leave men when they're not happy. And when men leave women, it's not necessarily because they're not happy. There can be a lot of reasons. I know, I just generalize a whole fucking gender. Look at how fucking asshole I am. But, incidental contact. You could say it's irrational, ironically. But you know what? Maybe there should be exceptions. Maybe common sense should take place. If you look over your window, you're at a red light, and you see a guy, 32 years old, digging in his asshole. Like, and you could tell this man's, like, itching the fuck out of it. Like, you know what? I'm going to give the benefit down and be like, hmm, this dude must be having a rough morning or a rough afternoon. Or, as a dude they could relate, it's like, you know what? This man must have an itchy asshole. But, of course, the most ignorant people would say, Wow, this guy's gay. Wow, this guy is a weirdo. It's like, oh, you've never had your asshole itch before? You've never had any parts of your body itch in weird places that make no sense? you just be laying in bed and done nothing all day. Next thing you know, the inside of your nose itches. It's just like a motherfucker. Maybe you're just an itchy person. Maybe you used the wrong type of body wash. Maybe maybe when you were uh, washing your back with the little uh, squeeze, with the little spongy thing, maybe... Some of your axe body wash went down the crease of your cheeks, got in there, and it wasn't paraben free. And it's a delayed reaction. Took the shower at 10, it's 2:30, assholes itching. You're by the racetrack. You know, maybe you should pull over. Make sure to complete stop, safe space, do what you have to do. Just in case you have to go inside the bathroom. Maybe really dig deep in there. Because maybe you just have some loose poop. Maybe you got some Kleenex wipes. Maybe, you know, just make sure it's not um, some brown going down your hands. You know, maybe you don't want that type of window streaks. Because you don't want people to see your window streaks. You do not. Um, but... Maybe common sense should take place. If you see a guy... Who's driving... And you see a guy digging in his asshole... Maybe the first assumption shouldn't be... Hmm... I know what this guy's into. Or maybe... Just has a HG asshole. Maybe... He uh... Maybe just didn't wipe well that day. Hey, you know what? We can't judge other people. Imagine... It's like the equivalent. If you brush your teeth... Every single day, twice a day. You think every time you brush your teeth, you're going to catch every single tooth? You think you're going to catch every little brown spot? You don't think you're going to lick your tongue around deep back there in your molars and you're not going to feel little rough surfaces like if you didn't brush your teeth for a day and a half, like the plaque buildup? You don't think you're going to miss once in a while? Well, you think every time someone wipes their ass, they're going to do the up-down method? Do you stand up when you get off the toilet seat? Are you one of those that stands up and wipes your ass to make sure you get deep up in there? Are you someone that does it strictly send down? You do one or two motions, you try to preserve toilet paper, you don't do it too much, and you have a system. Or do you overuse toilet paper and you just maximize it? You make sure you get a couple wipes where nothing comes out, because you either play it safe Then it's your asshole. And the worst part, I would only assume, if you're sitting there digging in your asshole, itching it, is that when you come up, your first instinct is to smell it. And of course, you're gonna smell it. And 82% of the time, just throwing out random numbers out there, you're probably gonna smell a little, at least uh, back fluid. You're gonna you're gonna smell at least something that's familiar to a really disgusting wet fart. Or, you're going to smell straight up poop, even if you did it through your underwear. So maybe it doesn't show up on the surface, but you smell, and it's more than feels like it's on the surface. But maybe we should live in this judge-free zone, as we say we do. You know, we always talk about don't judge. Then why do we judge men who dig in their assholes at 2.30 in the afternoon by the racetrack? I mean, you wouldn't want some guy who's in line at Publix and you and your kids behind with your, you know, $50 worth of fruit gushers and, you know, chicken for later and frozen uh, potatoes and some Pedialyte. And you have to sit there and watch a man in some white khakis holding, you know, a couple Gatorade bottles, maybe a wine bottle for his wife at home. Just tried to make a quick trip to Publix, and the next thing you know, you're behind this guy, and your little son sees a man really digging up in there because it's an irresistible feeling. There's nothing more uncomfortable. It's like, even if it's his balls, he can at least do it from under and he could do it real quick, get in between the seams. It's normal. Even if someone sees, they can see, ah, this man's just adjusting his underwear. Normal thing. Maybe his uh, junks. Out of proportion, maybe it's in an awkward place, right? But when it's your asshole. People don't have the same type of leeway. People don't give you the benefit of the doubt. They just assume. Hmm. I wonder where he lets his wife do to him. It's like, can we just let man? Can we just let men itch their assholes if they have to? It's a normal thing. It is fine. I'm not saying be egregious about it. I'm not saying like they should completely go... Now, if they put their hand inside the back of their shorts, then yes, I understand. But if it's over the shorts, you know, way, you give them the side eye, raise your eyebrows. You've seen worse things in line. I one time saw a woman... Put it wasn't drugs. Well, I guess technically it was, but she had like an insulin shot. But instead of it being a shot, it was like a syringe needle. It literally looked like this dude was this woman was putting heroin up her arm. And I noticed she did it or whatever, and she put it away. And she was and she just turned around like, Oh, like I didn't say anything, but she, like, I know what you're thinking. It's my insulin shot. I'm like, Oh. But then, you know, now I think about it, the more I think about it, like, she probably just said that to make it less awkward. Who knows? Could have been heroin. But beside the point, I've seen weirder things in lines. But if it could have been prevented while this man was in his car at 2.30 by the racetrack, without film being judged, he wouldn't have been in that position. Moral of the story, all I'm saying is, it's normal. Let men itch their assholes. Just thought I would say that. And today's sponsor is Bang Lemon Drop. It actually literally tastes like uh, some lemon soda. Not bad. Not bad. Oh man, talk about the talk about the ring of light. Like the old Xbox. Remember when Xbox, that probably still happens, I would only assume on Xbox 360, they used to have the ring of fire, it would be the red. Basically, when the red thing circles around your power button, it means your thing is completely fried, it's been infected, it's been malware, whatever the fuck. And the Xbox equipment used to be designed kind of like Apple products, does their thing now, where Apple phones, are really phones in general of all types, but especially Apple, and it's been proven, and I believe they got sued over it, where they purposely design their phones to completely start fucking up after two or three years, so then you basically buy new ones and upgrade and all that shit, and it keeps them easier to track you, and makes you buy more of their products, they only design products for theirs, but, Xbox These had the ring of fire that should happen. You'd be able to send it back. They fixed it, I believe, one time. And after that, you just have to buy a new one. But it's fair to ask. Is the Xbox 360 the greatest console of gaming ever created? Was it the Joe Rogan experience in 20? 18 2019 type of peak. Was it the Golden State Warriors from the Kevin Durant years and right before that? Was it that type of stretch? Was it the 73 win team? Was it the championship they won with, championships they won with Kevin Durant? Was it just the impact and the way? Gaming's always, Gaming has always been a big thing. And I'm not a gamer. But I used to play. And the thing about like Modern Warfare 2. I believe Modern Warfare 2 is the biggest crossover of gaming ever created. Modern Warfare 2 made people that didn't even care about video games play it. Because the... Ability to play with your friends and online gaming really changed the dynamic of that. But yeah, I believe Modern Warfare 2 really changed the landscape of gaming. Call of Duty, the whole franchise in general, but Modern Warfare 2 specifically, and Xbox 360 specifically. I'm going to stop talking about gaming because I know I'm not well knowledge enough in gaming to talk about gaming, but... You can uh, rub my quads for that. And speaking of quad squares, um, it's all about hit and miss. Kind of like swinging at the plate, but the plate wants you to eat. And boy, I've been eating a lot of fucking rice. And it's like the old adage rice and beans. But uh, if you believe in grains, It will ingrain in the way you see Because they're so fucking small It's amazing how rice cookers Have just changed the way people don't have to learn how to cook I don't know how to cook rice But I know how to put it in a rice cooker And steam And talk about blowing off steam I uh, threw a temper tantrum the other day Why you may ask I'm glad you asked I was just mad. You know, I think it's okay just to be mad. No reason. I think it's actually very healthy. I think it's very healthy to just some days just want to fucking crash your car into the woods. Completely normal. It's a good thing you don't do it, but I think it's very healthy to think it. Because it reminds you of I am one bad move away. I am one irrational thought away. From completely setting myself back. Three years. And fear drives the fact that I don't do it. Because if I could do it and no consequence happens. But just to say I did it once. Of course I would do it. I would do it if even if it meant I broke my right leg and my right arm. And I couldn't. And I had to rehab for nine months for it. Of course I would do it. Just because I was angry. But then I think about, man. Then I have to look for a new car. Then I still have to pay off this one. Even with gap insurance. Well, shit. My actual gap insurance was covered. So maybe I'll crash it, get a big ass check, and invest in another car. Big moves. But no. It's just a hassle. It's crazy what we don't do because of fear or just the idea because you think about the first thing you think about before you do something completely dumb or irrational is you think about what are all the pain in the ass bullshit i'm gonna have to deal with after i do this dumb fucking thing that right after i do it i'm gonna be like why the fuck did i do that and the first thing I think about before I think about driving my car off a hill into the woods just to finally be in an ambulance for an actual reason is just, is the first thing I think about. And I think most people do when they do this dumb shit is, man. Was it worth it? The answer is always no. Because it's like, man, I did this just because I was having a bad day. When tomorrow when I wake up, I'm going to be fine and have a normal day. There's no reason why I'm mad. Is it, you know, when there's something to be extremely mad and disappointed about, It's easy to compartmentalize, this is why I'm mad, this is why I'm fucking pissed. And I am not going to compound this feeling anymore. But when you don't know why you're mad, and when you don't know why you're fucking pissed, it makes you more mad. And when you're more mad because you don't know why you're mad, you do mad things. I guess you could call it mad TV, because it is sure entertaining for all the wrong reasons. It almost looks like a sketch. Wow, it almost sounds like I speak about this out loud It almost seems like Are you having suicidal thoughts? It's like, I mean I would want to kill my engine And completely kill my car But other than that, no Besides, I would never do it like that That's a coward's way If you're gonna do it, do it Like, jump off a plane And just splatter in the middle Of the fucking intersection Just to freak some kid Give some kid some fucking, uh PTSD, where he's like nine years old, he just sees this man come out of the sky, splattered his face, man, kind of looks like uh, the Marine off Small Soldiers, when he gets his rape, I said rape, holy shit, when he gets his face ripped off, and would it be worth it to give some kid PTSD for the rest of his life? Knowing that he saw a human being fall out 30,000 feet from the sky. I just splattered right there in front of him. While he was eating a chocolate dip ice cream cone. I mean that would be more worth it than fucking just driving to the ditch at 8 o'clock at night. And no one really saw it and they only saw the aftermath. And say, oh man I saw a possum and tried to get out of the way. Then lie my way out of it so I don't even get the benefits of it. Could you imagine crashing your car over a fucking possum? Jesus Christ. For those ugly fucking creatures, what do possums do for fucking society? Sound like they should be in that uh it's like it's like that movie of Brendan Fraser. Like, let's take a blast to the past. Oh, that's an old movie reference. With the movie, with the movie Furry Vengeance. Could you imagine? Do you like would you really want animals to talk? Like, the idea of animals actually being able to talk to you in your English language. Or whatever language you speak. Wouldn't that take the essence of what makes animals more connective to humans? Part of what makes humans more connective to animals and vice versa... ...is the fact that is the definition of having a connectivity in a body language and a, a nonverbal communication... With something. Outside of us. And if they were able to communicate directly. It would take that beauty and essence out of it. Where you are actually forced to have to learn someone or something. By their body language. Their mannerisms. And you pay more attention to what they do than what they say. Which is something we have a harder time with humans. Because humans could just tell you. Yeah, I'm sad. I'm having a bad day. People. People can tell you, I'm doing great. I'm getting divorced. I'm unhappy. I'm this. I'm that. With dogs and cats and ferrets. I mean, if you see them laying down in the bed for three days, that may be the cue, like, hmm, they're kind of depressed. They don't have a social media to be like, someone come to my backyard and eat my ass for me. It's like, nah. Come please, come on, some share a bowl. My owner just put out the temptation treats. Come over, you scats. No. They literally have to go seek out. Animals literally have to go seek out some companionship. And they don't speak in the same way we do, even to each other. But I think what makes humans fascination with animals is the fact that the reason why we have so much deeper love and compassion for strange animals when they die compared to strange humans when they die is simply because you feel a deeper connection than you are required to have with another human. You could be completely married to someone. Someone can be your brother. Someone could be your cousin but you cannot have you may not have to be required to understand things that take them off things that agitate them you may not even have to ever understand that or truly respect or embrace unless it's required and it's not always required but with animals If you don't understand their body language, you don't understand their moods, you don't understand when they need to eat, you don't understand this, that, and the other, you don't understand when they need love, when they need to be left alone. There's no way for them to communicate with you other than biting your fucking arm off if you keep throwing the basketball at their fucking forehead, Jesse. But no. It's this weird thing where I feel like animals are used as a scapegoat. They are used as a... They're used as a device for us, humans. I guess speak more of cats and dogs than the most common domestic animals that we completely make them neutered literally and figuratively to their actual nature, but whatever. It is the only cats and dogs are used as the buffer. I guess you could say. They're used as the middleman, they use as the buffer. That's why people make fun of cat ladies. Oh, why dogs are man's best friend. Type of shit. Because there's an unconditional aspect that is required. Because you can't lie. You know, dogs can't lie to you. Because their body language and how they do things are interpreted strictly, literally. Someone can be sarcastic, like I am. Someone can be... Someone could be very um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like people be sarcastic. They could be dry. They could be very uh, private, silent. They don't have to say anything, and they can say a whole bunch of shit and mean absolutely none of it. They can lie. Animals can't really lie to you like that. They can deceive you because sometimes they have to deceive for survival. Like when possums play dead. Like when cats, uh, you know, curl up and they pretend uh, whatever. But they can't lie to you for survival. They have to be honest for their survival. Especially when we domesticate them. I guess the point I'm trying to make out of all this is that humans and animals connect on a much deeper level than humans to other humans more times than not. Because you can have a fake connection, you can lie and create a connection. You both can lie to each other and create a connection that's not right, or that's inauthentic. With animals, you can't lie about the authenticity. You, you, I guess now I understand why animals fuck humans. I just say, now I understand why humans fuck animals. Of course I'm not for bestiality. I think it's disgusting. But you know, people always want to sympathize with child predators. It's always weird to me people will sympathize with child predators, but not people that fuck animals. When they're both disgusting and wrong. Oh, I love when people are like, oh well, it's not their fault they're in the kids. It's like it's their fault that they act on it. We're all into a lot of things. That are illegal. Some people are into crack. Illegal. Shouldn't be into kids in that manner. Some people are into, you know, drinking and driving. It gives a high. Not just drinking, but some people literally thrive off the idea of being dangerous. Drinking and driving. It creates a rush. The looseness you feel, the... F- f- You know, the freedom of not feeling anything and not caring of the consequences. Knowing that there could be dire consequences. If this goes completely haywire. That's a real thing. But, you wouldn't sit there and condone it. I mean, it's probably just, I mean, I'm not going to say it's just as bad as... You know, fucking your golden retriever, but it's just as harmful in terms of your life. All I'm saying is y'all you all are disgusting fucks. If you fuck kids, you fuck animals. Like, there should be a special place in society for you. And I'm not talking about the plane of fitness. <sighs> That's why sometimes when you see people love their cats and dogs too much, I'm like. Mm. it's a little weird to me. It's kind of like when someone loves their kid too much. Like, that's a red flag to me, too. I know that sounds dumb. When someone's, like, obsessed, and, like, they're just, like, portraiting their kid for societal views and shit like that, or social media, or they're just, like, they're, like, your kid should be your life, but this obsession that, like... Every move they make the helicopter parent type of thing. When it's not even a beneficial helicopter parenting. Where just this obsession. And this is unhealthy obsession. Where you can't even separate the parenting. Being a parent to your child. And you're trying to be this orb. You're trying to be their best friend. But literally they just look at you as a friend. And not a respectful figure. I don't know why I went off the rails this episode. But yeah, I don't know, just don't fuck your dogs, don't fuck kids, I don't know, don't drink and drive, these are pretty simple life rules, but it's funny, we will always find room for sympathy for extreme bullshit, that shit will always fascinate me, I'm not a preacher, but I don't mind reaching, oh Jesus, let me uh, drop the lemons. <laughs> The more I drink this, it tastes more like a carbonated sweet tea. And sweetie, oh. She's a sweetie as I see queen. Ever uh, ever wondered, why are flat screens never actually flat? I thought about this earlier. You know how flat screens... Now they have curved flat screens, right? Flat screens, by definition, flat is a surface, a thin paper surface. That's technically what flatness is. So even if you want to say that girl, he has a, she has a flat ass. It's like she doesn't literally have a flat ass. Like she just may not have a, uh round she may not be plump but technically there's no such thing as a flat ass I was unless I guess you have like a deformity of some type it is just flatter compared to most other people's asses we'll just say right even your feet are not flat most feet are pretty damn like you know thick in the indenture side We call TVs flat, but if it was a thin paper sheet that TVs are flat, then there would be no way you could see the TV. It would literally be see-through. There would not be a way for wiring to have it. It was just a thought. How is it called flat screen if it's not flat? I know. I'm really reaching. I'm making very egregious, heavy assumptions about stuff that don't matter. And you're technically correct. But um. I guess I'm. Way too sexy for my shit. Uh, tell my boy what you like about him. Is it weird? You know. Third person. Talking about yourself in third person. Is it a bad thing? Is it really self-absorbed? When you think about. If you post a video online, if you post a podcast, if you post anything, if you make a comment, if you make a post about anything, are you by definition narcissistic? Are you by definition seeking validation? Are you by definition wanting attention? even if you're not really seeking quote-unquote like attention or nothing like that, are you by definition a narcissist seeking attention that thinks everything you have to say or some you post people, you want people to see it? Is that wrong? Of course it's not wrong if you post something for people to want to see it or not. But if we're going by technical terms, because when people argue about stuff, they always want to get technical. They always want to if you, you can make a long-ass post about something... And they will be like, well... Technically, uh, Krypton means this... And you said this... It's like, okay, so you pick out one thing... Instead of the 99% of the other... Everything else I just said... That was completely 100% whatever... And you pick out one thing to try to discredit a bigger issue... The only technical people... It's like when someone corrects your spelling... On a YouTube comment. It's like. That's really what you're going to focus on. A grammar mistake. Because I put gear. Instead of a gar. Because I put an A instead of an E. When the A is like literally like. One quarter of an inch. Up. Northeast like. People. It's crazy to me. How. Technically, anything you post online is technically an ego. It's technically for your ego. It's technically narcissism. It's technically self-fulfilling. But common sense would say it's not. For most people, I shouldn't say most, but for a good amount of people, some people post stuff just because, you know what, I want to share this. And it doesn't matter if I get 50 views or, you know, 500,000 views. That doesn't matter for why I post this. And not everyone posts stuff to try to quote be seen. Do you want more views than not? Yes. But is that the driving force for why you posted something? Probably not. If you're genuinely doing it for the right intentions, right? It's crazy to me. How we view people who want to put stuff out there on their own merit. We want to criticize every little thing. We want to nitpick. We want to just flat out come out and say, I hate this. This sucks. And That's fine. Like, have an opinion all this shit. No one even watches my shit to have an opinion. So obviously, I'm not even talking about mine. But I would have the same, quote unquote, energy or attitude, even if it is. But it's crazy like when I listen or I watch shows and podcasts, it seems like people want to focus on the one thing that is wrong with what the person posted or the video or the show. They want to focus on the one thing that was wrong, but not even give a assessment of everything that was not wrong with it. Like I like I listened to this uh, podcast, Two Bears in One Cave, with Tom Segur and Bert Kreischer, right? You know, and I'll even admit, like I like Bert, but sometimes like it, it seems like he even like he even says some things that like it's not even what he said, but when he literally says when he goes out to dinner with his wife, he'll if she's telling a story and it's not interesting, he'll interrupt. And finish a story and say it and present it where it's more interesting. Because he literally feels like I'm a way better storyteller than anyone. Which is a nice ego boost to have. And it's, I mean, he's a professional comedian. So, of course he's going to be better at telling stories than someone who's not a professional. Like, that is kind of like what makes you a professional. It's kind of what makes you good at your job is being able to tell a story very well blah 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 but that could be very off-putting when you say like it could make you very unlikable like wow this dude really feels like no matter what he's got to be the center of attention he's got to be even if it's not his story per se even if he didn't start the story story he literally feels like if he's not the one telling the story the story is boring which some people say oh he's just very confident and then some people would say it's not all about you all the time like the fact that you feel that you should always be the one telling the story even if it's not yours says a lot about you in a way it's not my opinion personally but it makes people all putting but i remember most recent episode A lot of the comments section, the episode, the like the dislike ratio was very. I listened to half the episode so far, and it's pretty. You know, it's pretty standard for their show. It's pretty good. I like it. But I noticed all the comments were just people shitting on Bert, saying, "Oh, all of Bert's most unlikable qualities are coming out this episode." Oh, Bert making it about him. Oh, always trying to make a relation about him. It's like. But, yeah, it's his fucking show. and I know it's it's people that constantly watch the show, and it seems like people constantly watch certain shows because they want something to critique or criticize about when they already know there's things that irritate them about the show. and I wonder what is the fine line between constructive criticism and people constantly criticizing and complaining when Especially on a show like that. Where there's so many others you can listen to. Where it's like. It sounds like you just don't even like. Like there's certain people. Their personalities and stuff. You either accept it for what it is. And take the good with the bad. Or it's like people want to create. Personalities from people. Mold it to the angle. And stuff they want it. Instead of accepting that person for what they are. Making a choice whether to listen Or watch that person or not. And I guess it's just kind of annoying to me and crazy to me. That it seems like people want to correct someone to make someone better people under comment sections. About a show that is that person's show that is their personality. That is their show that you already know what they're like. And it seems like you just want to watch it to find all the things you didn't like about the show. That you don't like about the person. When you already know that's who they are. And if it annoys you that bad, just don't watch or listen. And people say, oh, it's just constructive criticism. It's like, at what point is it? If you're doing it... If you're... Constructive criticism, to me, when you're talking about shows and stuff like that. Constructive criticism is... There's things about the show, like maybe... You know, you wish the format, the topics they touched on, were more... You wish they went through more topics. You wish they didn't stick to one topic too long. You wish they, you know, um, piggybacked more. You wish they didn't interrupt each other so much, right? You wish the sound was better. You wish the background, the studio, whatever, the camera, whatever was better. But, if those people... Like the show the way it is and that's who they are personality wise and that's how the show operates Then you gotta make a decision like I just either won't listen to the show or I will I've done that with some shows Some shows that become too about psychology when people aren't psychology experts But they want to break down their human behaviors and project their human behaviors on everyone else's human behaviors Like, yeah, I've stopped listening to some shows I used to love. I'm not going to say which ones, but it's like, it's not impersonal. It's just like sometimes like you get through different phases in your life and you realize there's been podcasts that I listened to for the longest time. I didn't listen to it for months for whatever reason because I just wasn't in the mode and then I went back to it and I may catch some here and there, but it really may depend on the guest topic, whatever the hell they talk about. I think we need to just like, people just need to learn to accept people, their shows for what they are, because it makes no sense to listen to feedback and just make a show that the people want if it's not you and it's not what you want to do. Like I'm not going to, like if I ever get a fan base, I'm never, I'm not going to say I'm never going to listen to criticism or nothing like that, but I'll tell you this much. I'm not going to listen, I'm not going to say, oh I want you to talk about, uh, I wish you would talk more about politics or social issues, it's like, I mean, some if I give a shit about I will and some if I don't, I don't, but I'm not going to sit here and read the news to you like I'm a news station and read stuff that I'm obligated to when I only want to talk about stuff that I want to talk about, that's why you go to shows. That's why you go to podcasts and shit. You listen, you read description topics, you either invest in the personality or you invest in the topic, and then you listen to it. If you don't like it, you change it. If it's boring, you change it. If it's not the type of personality you like, if the show is changed and not where you like it, you change it. But, you know, demanding that something be the way you want it It's crazy to me. Especially when there's so many other options. You don't... Like, you don't control what someone talks about or not talk about on their show. That kind of defeats the purpose, in a way. I'm not making a show that's for other people. If you enjoy it and you're entertained, by all means great. But I'm going to talk about topics and shit that I enjoy. Music, sports know, certain random topics. And often beat type of shit. My Myself. I don't care. Oh, what are you talking about yourself? I'm doing a one man fucking show. Of course I'm going to talk about my goddamn self. People, All he does is talk about himself. Yes. What do you expect two people to do on a show? Talk about anything but themselves? Of course you don't want someone there just like, you know, blowing their dick all day. Talk about how great they are. But at the same time... Like, then what if they're just talking about other people? Then, guess what? Then you're going to say, oh, all they do is gossip about other people. It's like, so what do you want? Like, and I'm not sitting here defending that show specifically. But people got to understand there's a fine line between making yourself part of something as an audience member, making yourself part of something and being involved and being a fan and stuff like that and having an opinion and thinking that you are the reason why this show is what it is. It's like, no. The show is what it is because the people that are actually doing it involved. I'm sorry. It's like when people say the fans are the reason why the NBA and the NFL are the way they are. It's like, no, the players are. And then you say, oh, I pay the salary. It's like, no, the owners do. A union does. Yes they get revenue and shit but Guess what it, it It's like the funny thing And I'm gonna stop in a second I've already gone 50 minutes But fuck like, It's like when reporters When people in sports media And reporters and politics and shit like that When they always talk about how they are the reason Why the athletes And them Why these people These uh, high status figures And actors get paid all their money Is because of the way the media covers it. It's like, well, you realize without, okay, let's say debate, you really first take with Stephen A. Smith would never exist if there wasn't an NBA or NFL. What are you going to talk about all day? hmm? Because if there was an NBA and NFL, okay, let's say there's other sports we would elevate, okay? Let's say none of those sports are really popping, right? They don't have a universal appeal. And the sport isn't even big enough for you to drive ratings to your show. Okay, so then you don't have a show. You have nothing to write about in your papers. You have nothing to write about in your website. So then what would you be covering? Okay, you wouldn't be covering sports because there wouldn't be any money in sports without the NBA, NFL, MLB. And MLB not even as much now. But back in the day, like early 2000s, MLB was like number one A, 1B with NFL, That's just the way it was. But without that, there would not be these millionaire sportscasters. Not be Stephen A. wouldn't have the salary. Skip Bayless wouldn't have the salary. All the play-by-play guys wouldn't have all the salaries they have. Like They thrive off the money, the revenue based off the TV and the sport gets just as much as the players do. I'm sorry, Tony Romo for CBS is getting what, 18 mil a year? He's getting paid more than like 20 of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And he's a broadcaster up there. He's a former player and used to play, obviously, but you're telling me he doesn't benefit from NFL being as good of a product as it is, as profitable? Everything connects. So when media says without, like when they say they are in charge of why these athletes get paid 30, 40 million. It's like, yeah, and they are the reason why you even have a sport the fucking cover to get paid what you get paid. Which, for some of these people on the big television corporations, look up their salary. And I'm not shitting on it, but when they talk about how they are the reason why they get paid. So they feel this ownership, they feel like they have this right to critique every little thing LeBron does and all the biggest athletes do. It is it gets tedious. And when you get older, it gets really fucking annoying. Cuz they're complaining about the same shit that ironically they lose track of and they try to convince the common public that we are the reason they get paid this. It's like It's like no, cuz they are the reason why people are even willing to pay to go to NFL games. People have always made the argument that you could put out a bunch of you know scrubs out there in NFL games and NBA stuff and we would still love and watch it and nothing would change. It's like, "Oh, a lot would change actually." Cuz let me tell you, you wouldn't go pay. You would say, uh, I'm not paying uh I'm not paying a uh, 200 bucks for a hot for a crappy See at an NFL game. I'll pay. I'm not going to pay more than like 20 bucks. Like there's high school games. That cost more to go to. If it was just that bad of a product. Like. And if no one comes to the games. They're going to lower the prices. Until someone comes to the fucking games. Which means profit margins. Boom. Players don't get as much. Boom. Media didn't get paid as much. Everyone is affected. So if I hear one more time a sports person on TV when athletes come and and they want to talk about pay, overpaid and all this shit. Just know the people that are talking about someone getting overpaid are the same people that they're speaking to the public on the shows and shit like that when they critique athletes for how much they get paid. This contract was too much. Just remember as a consumer in a common and as a common a uh, customer or whatever consumer of the product Just remember, those same people, their companies, Fox, uh, CBS, ESPN, and all of them, they get split revenue with these TV deals and the sport and the league. It all works together. So, of course, the athletes should get paid the most out of all of them. But see, the people in the media have created this bigger self-inflated ego but then get mad when athletes even have a bigger ego they want to convince you that someone's too high on the horse while they're sitting here so high on their horse where they get someone fired on a tv show that has had following ratings ever since skip bayless left them and somehow oh well must be everyone else is the problem it's like, or maybe the show has changed where the origin of why people watch the show, it's not really what it is anymore. That's not even, that whole rant wasn't even really about Stephen A, but he is an example of someone like that. But, just stop criticizing for how much athletes get paid when Tony Romo is getting paid $18 million a year to call 16 games a year. Just saying. Alright guys, that was episode sixty. 63 yeah episode 63 the off and podcast um like and subscribe um pretty good episode today oh yeah don't forget to suck some titties and uh have a great day lemon drop lemon drop lemon pop oh baby don't stop